Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our friend Andy Hart. He of WEEI.com. And into the uh, heart lair where there... Oh, there's the photo behind there you. It is. Okay, I couldn't see it at first. Hey, All I saw friends. was what looked like a little uh, hole there in the wall. And but, he's got a fax machine. And he does. Well, that is... Is that a fax machine and a printer as well, Hart? Yeah, I think that pretty much does it all. Copies, scans, fax. Okay. The whole, all my needs in one, one there, stop. There we go. Hey, Can't uh, tell you the last time I sent a fax. I know, I know. Well, we were going down the road. of uh, uh, Fourier <laughs> and I went, we took a walk down Nostalgia Lane. However, I did hit Fourier with something yesterday. We were going to do it at 11 o'clock. But, of course, the news came out of the ticket price increase at Gillette, the change in parking and all that stuff. Do you have any thoughts on sort of what season ticket holders found out today? Or is this business as business is done when you're expanding the stadium? Well, I think uh, Chris Mason of Mass Live kind of nailed it. It now puts that uh, immediate uh, email letter they were sent the morning after the season ended um, into perspective now how they're managing sort of the PR of the offseason with fans. Now, it's a bad look. I mean, there's no way around it. to, to When your owner is complaining that you haven't won a playoff game in four years, you have two losing seasons, two missed playoffs, not the ideal time to be uh, raising ticket prices. But you can park for free. Sort well, of. yeah, isn't that it though? That's that's. Uh, I mean, I know you're you're about as cynical as, as anybody yes. that I that I know. So, was your first thought, why am I so lucky? Well, what's <laughs> it? What? Why? Why? Why am I getting the benefit? There's there's got to be a shell game associated somehow, some way, right? The old bait and switch. Yeah. Yep. If but, it seems to, if they tell you it's free, yeah. it's like I saw something on TV the other day. One of those commercials where you buy one, the <laughs> second one's free with a small fee or something. And I'm like, well, there's not free. If there's a fee, like, don't tell me it's yeah, free. What's the fine it's print? For the what's the fine that? print? It's for the shipping no, 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 and handling. No, no. It didn't say shipping and handling. It said for a fee. Oh, oh. So, so it's not free. It's going to say how charging me for the second one. How's Dice going to get his money if there isn't the shipping and handling <laughs> thrown in there? You know what I mean? How's his belt doing? Did his belt uh, It's still, uh, you know what it is? It's still packaged up on my pool table because you know why? I've had no need to go to the post office and send it to him. Well, you could fax it to him. Well, I, it right I, through I, the machine. There you go. That's uh, I should just leave it on the stoop, and somebody will pick it up, and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I hit Christian with some of these yesterday, and let's go down this road hard for some discussion. Right. I came up with five Patriots. The team might have to make some tough decisions on. One of the first ones that I threw at Fourier was Janu Smith. There is three point seven five million of his ten million salary that is non guaranteed this year. That's according to Spot Track. Can you get Chanu Smith to take a haircut in salary? And is it worth it for the Patriots, given the way he's played, to approach him to try to trim at least some of the non guaranteed money to give you a little more cap space? I mean, it's always worth it to try to approach somebody to save yourself some money, right? We all try it. You bring in a contractor to do so. Hey, if I pay in cash, what's the price? Or like you try to finagle a little discount, but let's flip the script. Why would John U. Smith do it? I have no reason. Because if I'm him, bleep you, cut me. It sucked for me here. This hasn't worked. I'm a classic change of scenery, so I'll take my guaranteed money the money that you owe me, and I'll move on elsewhere, and just maybe a change of scenery helps me. So, yeah, it's always worth it to approach and to ask. Worst he could, worst he could say is no, but I don't see it as yeah, but somebody also, Does somebody give Smith a that's what I was gonna say. See, that's the thing. Like, Can you make if, more on the open market? Yeah, if his guarantee is $6.25 million, would he get that on the open market from someone given the way he's played the last two years? 
no, but you can get something, and I'm collecting the, the money from you and getting the opportunity to maybe enjoy myself, because I cannot imagine <laughs> he's enjoyed himself. I like love this. how you said maybe enjoy myself. Well, like, even going somewhere else might not necessarily guarantee that. There's no, he's, he, it's clear, he's kind of like what Mac Jones, what Bill said about Mac Jones. John O. Smith has the ability to play tight end in the NFL. It just doesn't really work. It just doesn't come to fruition. So if I were him, I'd not be looking to take a, a pay. What am I going to stay here? Oh, I'll take pay cuts so I can win a title. Is that the old selling point in New England? Oh, I'll take less to win. It was never it's true, by the way. Right. There was never they were never offered more, so they just created their own narrative of I'm a team player. Absolutely. And so that's no, how it started. I don't I don't see that happening. So okay, so um without saying everything or the either one of the quarterbacks, like looking at that Super Bowl, where what aspects of each one of those teams were you envious of? Can't what say you everything, say? and you say, can't say, say the quarterback. Can't say. <laughs> you can't say everything, okay? Because knowing you, you're going to say everything, and you can't say the quarterbacks. What were you envious of? I think there's some answers there. Um, that's an interesting question when you eliminate the obvious Yes, don't answers. be a smartass. I know well, it's everything. I think I would go with what I've been going with forever on my little T. Higgins parade here, the number one receiver. Just the guy, the go-to guy, Travis Kelsey. I would love to have Mac Jones throwing to somebody who we always say, how does X always get open? Why is X always catching the football when Mac needs it? And A.J. Brown. So those two guys, now I know Philly kind of has two of those guys with Devontae Smith. They've invested pretty heavily Mm. in the wide receiver position but that's where i would start because some of the other things didn't really show up like we heard all two weeks about how great the rosters were how great the defenses and the pass rushes were and hassan reddick and chris jones they were kind of non-factors in a game where 70 plus points were scored and the offenses made the plays they needed i didn't really see either quarterback who was all that comfortable for much of that game so i would start with the number one uh target and then i would probably at least from a uh a Chiefs perspective, go to the offensive line. They've invested heavily there, and that's an area where maybe if you were the Patriots, you could poach somebody. Orlando Brown, probably the best tackle to potentially hit free agency if you were going to invest heavily in the free agent tackle market. Um, so go-to guy in offensive line that allowed all the other stuff to fall into place. I knew you could do it. I knew you, you could do it. I just needed to give you like clear direction. Yeah, because I would have said everything. What you couldn't say. I know. I was like, <laughs> you can't say everything. Because the coaching, fine. did you see the offensive coaching? That was pretty good, too. No, that, I know. Nice. There, was, there was a lot. I, I mean, I did find myself sitting there going, I, 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 I'm envious of everything they do, the way they organize, the way they motivate, the way they the, the way they evolve, the way they, the, the, how they re- showed resolve. Like, everything was part of it. And they were, I keep saying this, especially the, uh, the, the Chiefs' perspective, the Chiefs are the Patriots now, and I don't mean the dynasty, and I don't mean just the quarterback. Like everything that went into that game felt Patriots like, whether it was the penalty that you may or may not have actually even needed that people are questioning, whether it's the, the key special teams play. Because all I read was this game was a battle of the two worst special teams in football. Goss, Rick Gosselin's rankings, they were 31 and 32, but they got a punt return that they needed where the guy. I guess the guy gets credit for the return. He, Christian, you could have had that punt return. He was just sort of jogging yeah. as everybody blocked for him down the sideline. Um, so everything, they got a big defensive score, almost a second defensive score. And, and you have an MVP who is the best player on the planet, was the MVP in the game, wasn't the best quarterback in the game. Best quarterback in the game was on the, the losing team. So I thought that was a very Patriot-like victory. And then your guy, you tight ends, who are always a little bit off, 
You got a tight end telling me that you know no one gave the Chiefs a shot. Nobody thought they could win it. Very that's Patriot no, no. one right there. Uh, thank you for thank that you. That was thank Rodney you. Harrison. No, but no, wait, hold Willie on, McGinnis, hold on. Rodney, thank they you, all, all of them. Like, we did this on Monday. Frost. I was like, why is everybody calling out Travis Kelsey? I mean, I can name a hundred guys on the Patriots over the last yep. twenty three years that did the exact same thing. It's I like Kelsey Willie, stole the script. Willie did it in Pittsburgh. I don't think it was the 0-1. It was the second time there was an AFC title game in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Patriots win. Nobody believed we could do it. Willie, you guys were favored in the game. Yeah, but you didn't mean it. <laughs> like, well, okay, weren't they 15-1, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Like one yeah. loss. At least it was with a team that, uh, that had one but, more win than they it did. It was but, amazing. But you're but right, like though. 15 and 1, 14 and 2. You're, you're both the favorites. Travis Kelsey yeah. has basically just channeled every vet player on the Patriots over the last 20 years. Well, the and difference but but the difference was at least there were a bunch of people on game day picking Philadelphia. Rodney Harrison the year they won in Jacksonville found the one of 35 at ESPN.com who said no. All 34 all the other 34 of them picked them big. He found the one person that went with uh, Philadelphia that game and it turned into everybody. Well, and that was from Bill. That trickled down from yes. Bill. I, I can't tell you how many times Bill you know, one time he put, I don't know if you were still around, the Patriots Football Weekly picks page in there because everybody picked Miami at Miami. And, like, Vince Wilfork literally was mad at us. He was like, yeah, you guys are like, yelling at us in the hotel. And I'm like, we picked a game. We think you're going to lose. It's not that big. What we say doesn't matter. And I, I think it's so it's so true. It works. It, and I it believe. Does. How great is that? So, wait, so, Andy, what is... I don't, I don't get that from Andy Reid, though. When I think Andy Reid, I think funny, silly, self-deprecating, grandpa-ish kind of hokey-isms, you know, that type of stuff. I don't get the, you know, man, look at these guys are saying about us. We're going to make them pay. I don't get that from him, so I'm curious, like, where it comes from. I'm guessing it's from him. Like, just because he doesn't broadcast it and he projects a little bit of a different public persona, you know, cheeseburger eating, no coffee drinking, lots of energy, Hawaiian shirts. Like, that's him publicly. It's like Bill. They always say, you know, he's different behind closed doors. He's got a personality. He's funny. He's this. He's that. There, there's no way that doesn't come from Andy Reid. It, maybe it's a little more subtle in his manipulation of his stars and how he gets them to feel certain ways and, and projects to them. But it's it's all it's brainwashing, especially now it's brainwashing, where, you know, you go into Gillette, and it's all those TVs, the big flat panels, mm -hmm. and accidentally sometimes they forget to change them before the media goes into open locker room, and there's like clips flashing from newspaper clippings, and when one thing is highlighted, really, on, or one, oh yeah, it's all oh, brainwashing. I didn't, I didn't know it's that. like a movie. Oh, yeah, really? A movie. So, yeah, wait, so when they're walking through the hallway, they're seeing like subliminal messages to yes. create this uh, this like you know chip on their shoulder. Yep, absolutely. And and as Gresh said, the thing they're seeing. 20 times during the week, rotate through the TV screen, maybe one out of 100. Right. It may be the needle in the haystack, but in their eyes, I saw that 50 times this week. You guys didn't think we had a chance. Well, no, that's not really true. I didn't know that. That's oh, yeah. interesting. Well, brainwashing. But, you know, that's 100%. As you guys were sort of talking about this, there is the part of me that wondered, like the very first run of the Patriots, like you were a part of, Christian. When you think of the guys that were there in 2000 when Bill got there, and then 01, 02, 03, 04, it's a five-year period. This is the five-year period for Kansas City. And I do wonder how much of that stuff does come from the veterans who have been around a while, whether it's them manipulating others. Because it kind of felt like after the championship won in Jacksonville, 
that that started to change a little bit because some of the veterans started to kind of go out the door. Yet in Kansas City, I wonder how much of a factor that is of those guys who've been around for this five-year chunk, that they're the ones who've been kind of pushing that stuff so the head coach doesn't have to be as out front with it the way Bill was at times. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key part that we sometimes forget when we play radio and like, trade for T. Higgins, we need a big receiver is the mosaic, I think Bill calls it, of the roster and the culture and how certain guys fit in. And for a while there, it was about bringing in the Junior Seaus or the Ted Washingtons or these hungry veterans that are chasing a ring. But it's also about the important mainstays, too. Like, I don't think he had to brainwash Rodney Harrison very right. hard. I think that was inbred in Rodney from his coming up as sort of a, a lower level prospect to how he was treated by the Chargers and there was that was inherent in him. Willie McGinnis too. And I don't really know how that worked. I don't know how you go to USC as a prize recruit going the fourth pick in the draft <laughs> and then top somehow, five pick in the draft and right. somehow you're an underdog. How's the world against you? What world <laughs> yeah. but Brady's the same thing. Exactly. I know he's a six round pick, but Brady st- stayed in the the world's against us mode when he was the greatest of all time, the most biggest celebrity of all time. So it, some of it is inherent in the players, and it certainly seems like Travis Kelsey is a guy that that is just part well, of. Well, you is, know, but it you're just, right. Just to tie that to another, like Dustin Pedroia has that same mentality. He yep. was the number one guy out of high school, could go anywhere, won all these awards. You know, was like he went to Arizona State, won all, and then sure as hell, he still accomplished. And he still kind of has that chip on his shoulder, Absolutely. which yep. I do think was inherent with that first group. And it really was just like self-motivated. It wasn't Bill didn't really need to feed to feed it, but when he did, it made it the situation more dangerous. It made us more dangerous. I'll say us, right, you know, so- because it was just hey, we're already hungry and pissed already. Now you're giving us more ammunition? Well, then good luck. All right, let's swing this around to current day then. Are we Uh back to the plucky underdog patriots that are going to start pumping up the fact that no one believes in us? I think well, that's because no to. one believes in him. Yeah, but that's this is <laughs> it's different when you stink. You have yeah. to have some talent proof. and then have people to doubt you. But, right, but when you but just stink, they, you stink. Say they win eleven or twelve games this year and they start flapping their gums on that, then it would be true, right? I mean, if they win eleven games, yeah, they're a good team. If they go eleven and six, they're gonna make the playoffs, then yeah, they had a pretty good season. But for this point in time, I don't think you need to any better. A Patriots locker room that thinks they're good or special or anything, I mean, you probably don't fit. This probably isn't the locker room or the career path for you because they're not good. You, you didn't prove anything last year. You are fighting a massive uphill battle, and so so that should be automatic. I mean, look at Mac. Mac saying he needs to re-earn respect. Well, he can re-earn it because, yes, at one point for a short period, he was a franchise Pro Bowl rookie quarterback. You know, wow, top of the world, led his team to the playoffs. There's not a lot of other guys that have a lot of re-earning of respect to do. They just need to earn respect. They are not a respected football team because respect is earned. You have to go out there and prove something. That's why keeping uh, as many players on this roster from last year, if possible, I think is a positive because there is this, like, let us let us prove it that we were, we were not the one kind of grouping one year that literally dropped the ball. It's like, I, I mean, old reference, but when the University of Miami had this long home winning streak, and they, every guy that left the University of Miami would always talk about, like, pass the torch to the, to the next group, and they would just kind of keep it going because nobody wanted to be the team that lost at home. Well, sure as hell, uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, they lost to the University of Washington, and then that was it. 
And that group is always kind of guys that stigma on them that they were the right. ones that let it go. So this group, I think, is kind of aware of like the ball that they dropped. Like and, really, all of them. And I think part of what plays into that too is the uncertainty with Slater, the uncertainty with McCourty. Like there's a, a true leadership passing of the torch here, and it's part of why. You know, I know, Christian, you are a big fan of Jacoby Myers as a playmaker on the field. I think he's a solid complementary receiver, but I would re-sign him and I would keep him because I think he can help you bridge that as a former undrafted guy who's found his way to being a quote-unquote number one receiver, at least here. I don't think he's a guy that reads his press clippings. I think he's a guy that'll have the chip on his shoulder forever, and I think that could be of value not only on the field as Max Guy until you find a better option, but just in that locker room, in that culture that mm. you're trying to get in the right direction. I would overpay culture. for him a little bit. For yep, years, culture. for years, we crap on the plucky underdog. Now let's sign one because he's a plucky underdog. Yeah. Well, you don't just want to <laughs> suck. You got to have somebody out there that's valuable. Well, they'll underpay him to keep him plucky. And to oh, keep it like, oh, that's what I'll do. And my thing, my thing would there be, listen, is. I could still play with an edge if you pay me. I'm not going to go soft if you decide to pay me and reward right. me for my pluckiness. <laughs> Let's right. keep that straight. But while you're thinking about it, just know that if you pay me a lot of money, I'm still going to have a chip on my shoulder. I will right. invent. I'll yeah. I'll have one in Chicago if they give me $70 million to come join them in Justin Fields. I'll still be plucky <laughs> and still play with a chip in the midway. Don't think I'll lose my edge. Uh, our friend Andy Hart at WEI.com. You can read the very latest there from Hart. And I do believe you were with uh, Keith last night too, right? I was. It was a very exciting four hours as we had a love fest on Valentine's Day night. Do you have a uh, set day on there that I can promote as well? Are you are you Mr. Tuesday? I am Mr. Tuesday and Mr. Thursday. Ooh, look at twice that. Twice a week. Twice the fun. Look at that. So uh, twice a week. Double right. gum. Oh, Let's stop it. Terrible gum, by the way. <laughs> That's Andy Hart at WEI. Uh, see you guys. Uh, see you, Hart. Uh, later. There goes Hart.